0: The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcarecom loss. That's plushcarecom loss. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. We tell them all across London. This story was performed by Emily Cleaver in February 2011, where the theme was Alarm Bells. Richard, the man of the house, wakes up with a muffled shout. Moths! There are moths in the room! A few weeks before this, we had a couple of huge moths in the house, each a couple of inches across and completely black. This is St Albans, not Saint-Tropez, it's not the kind of thing you expect and we've been a bit jumpy about it ever since Richard gets up to deal with this situation he's probably planning on fashioning some kind of trap from a pint glass and a takeaway menu and I pull the covers back over my head and wait for him to finish he turns on the light Jesus darling, they're the size of birds, says Richard I take a look, they are the size of birds they're black and flying very fast above my head in a sort of panic formation I retreat back under the covers. Are they near me? I say. Shit, says Richard. His voice is echoing from further down the landing. I take another look. It's like the Luftwaffe out there. Those aren't moths, they're bats, I say. Are they bats? They are bats. Under the current stressful circumstances, I can't decide whether this is better or worse than giant moths. ''Come out of the room!'' calls Richard from further down the landing. (laughs) It's beginning to dawn on me at this point that I'm genuinely terrified of the bats. This is silly, I tell myself. I used to collect slow worms. When I was a kid, I can handle a couple of bats. I take another look. The bats are set up a kind of pendulum motion between the walls of the room. It's a bit like one of those slicing blades that Lara Croft has so much bother with. The distance between the bed and the door is immense, and crossing it without meeting a bat impossible. Even if I manage to dodge one, the other one's clearly bound to make contact. But the pendulum is getting lower and lower and closer and closer to the bed, so I make a run for it, and I reach the door at a triumphant sprint. Richard screams, It's getting out! And there's a bat right next to me, making a break for it. I let out a kind of high, wavering giggle, like the inmate of a Dickensian asylum. The bat thinks better of it and changes direction, and I slam the door. We look at each other, panting slightly. We take in the fact that we're both naked. <laughs> I'm going to put some clothes on, says Richard, and he finds a football shirt, puts that on, which seems to make him feel better. <laughs> the first thing to do is to open a window so they can find the way out, says Richard, with a tone of reassurance, as if he's faced indoor bats before and triumphed over them with sort of steely, masculine calm. We open the door, a bat appears in the gap and we scream and slam it again. I need to build up to it, says Richard. I'll do it, I say, with what I hope is an air of unconcern. To be honest, out here on the landing, I'm starting to feel a bit ashamed of being so scared of the bats. I open the door a crack and sidle into the room, with my eyes half shut, taking deep breaths, with bats everywhere I look. They're circling the room, agile, not hitting anything, and once they've done one corner, they don't seem to return to it. It's like they're searching for the way out. In fact, that's clearly what they are doing. And I remember what I know about bats, that they're blind, that they navigate by the echoes of high-pitched squeaks. I reach for the blind and pull it up so it uncovers the open window and back quickly out of the room and shut the door. We retreat to the spare bedroom and turn on the computer and type bats in house into Google. (laughs) The first result mentions treatment for rabies and has a picture of something about the size of a pterodactyl. We established this as an American site and so probably a bit over the top for your standard British bat. So we try bats in-house in UK. And the Bat Conservation Trust takes over with a tone of authority. Apparently the bats will use their echolocation skills, which is the technical term for squeaking, to detect an opening. Although, if they don't detect an opening, they may roost in the room and reappear the next night, which is less reassuring. (laughs) We creep back down the corridor and crouch outside the door, listening. Everything seems quiet. We inch open the door. We're nervous that the bats have given up using their echolocation skills to detect an opening and have roosted for the night. The room seems quiet. The blinds rattling quietly in the breeze. Look, says Richard, and there's something on the blind, a squat black thing about the size of a leather purse. Is it a moth? says Richard. (laughs) But I can see scrunched up eyes and tiny neat claws hanging onto the blind. It's a bat, I say. And Richard steps forward and twitches the blind and the bat sweeps away across the room and we run for the door. (laughs) Back in the study with the computer, the Bat Conservation Trust tells us that a bat on the floor is in trouble because they need to launch themselves off something like a hang glider. Silence from the bedroom. We have a slight disagreement about the difference between the terms endangered and protected. (laughs) Silence from the bedroom. (laughs) Apparently we should check the tassels underneath chairs in case the bats roost there. Have we got any chairs with tassels? We don't think so. Silence from the bedroom. Right, I say, and we march back down the corridor and open the door. Empty room. Duvet in disarray. No bats. Richard covers my back while I check under the bed. No bats. He checks the chair while I climb on the bed and check inside the lampshade. No bats. The bats are gone. I can't sleep for a long time after this. My heart's beating too hard and I can smell the night air as if I was lying outside. We had bats in our room, whispers Richard, and he puts his arm around me. And suddenly, we're proud. (laughs) For more stories, head to SparkLondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates, with audio production by Matt Hill at RethinkDaily.co.uk. Hey folks, I'm Mark Maron from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues